Hey guys, welcome to the Crushed Ice Convo Podcast with me, your host, Janelle Strasberg. What's up, everybody? Uh, today, you are not getting Janelle as a host. Uh, it is her husband, uh, Ben Strasberg. I was on the podcast the last episode. Uh, so today, we are actually going to be interviewing Janelle. Uh, we thought it'd be a good idea to get to know who your host is right out the gate. So it's not like 10 podcast episodes in and you still have no idea who the heck Janelle is and what she likes and uh, just kind of her background. So we're going to go ahead and do that today. Janelle, how are you? All right. Hi, guys. I'm good. I'm excited for you guys to get to know a little bit about me. Yeah. And uh, before we get started, we did talk about this. I, I kind of nervous because this is out of my element and this is just something I'm not used to. Uh and I feel like the last podcast we had, you had such a decent flow, uh, and and you were able to orchestrate questions way better than I think I probably could, just because it's out of my element. So, um, you guys are not going to be getting the professional amazingness uh, voice and uh, production that I Janelle. I believe in you, Ben Strasberg. That Janelle gives so. Uh, cool. So first question uh, I had on my list is what what are your hobbies? Explain explain your hobbies, what you like to do. Okay, well, um, I really like to plan events. That's something I actually do on the side as, as a side business as well as actually being an event coordinator um, with my career. So on the side, uh, I love doing weddings, baby showers, bridal showers, um, anything like that, my cup of tea. I have been doing that now for, I want to say, almost three years. I think it'll be three years in April that I actually started my little side business. Yeah. And I absolutely love it. I love planning things. I love having control over ensuring that someone has just a fantastic day for that special event. Uh, so that's definitely one of my major hobbies. I also love to sing um, obnoxiously sometimes. In the shower all the time, every morning. In the shower, in the car, um, in public. Yes. I mean, I will sing in public. I'm not the best singer, but I do have a lot of fun with it, and it's something I thoroughly enjoy. And then the last thing that I'm starting to get into is learning piano. It is a slow, slow, slow process. But it's fun, and I found a Moana piano book that I have just been going ham with. I mean, who doesn't love Moana? There's so many great songs in Moana. And I can only play chords right now, but it's still fun to sing along and play. So those are definitely some of my major hobbies. Yeah, so let's go. That's awesome. So let's go back up to the uh, event coordinator. What mm -hmm. what made you start that? What was your What was your idea behind starting that? Because you started that while you had a career. Mm -hmm. And I say career is meaning you just had a job yeah. that you were currently at. So what made mm -hmm. you decide you wanted to do that? So our own wedding was one major factor in that, even though that was, geez, was it seven years ago? Yeah. Um, I loved planning our own wedding. I had, I really didn't want anybody helping me because I just loved it so much and I was very particular about how things were done and it's this was going to be my day and it was going to be perfect. Um, and it went off, I'd say, pretty well. Um, and then after that, I 
started helping people with their weddings and um, started helping with birthday parties and bridal showers and things like that. But it wasn't really a business yet. It was just something I enjoyed. So I would help give them ideas and um, come up with themes and just help execute their day and explain to them, this is what's going to happen on your wedding day. So this is what you need to be prepared for. And then a couple years ago, I was actually a full-time, um, basically I had my own mini daycare and it was so great. I love the kids that I just got to watch. They were part of my family essentially and just fantastic kids. But the one that I had really connected with the most had started to kind of move on and go to preschool part of the day and then another um, one of the sweetest kids started to start preparing for those next steps as well and I realized that I couldn't continue on my career with them because they were going to start going to school soon and I really wanted to take back and look at myself and say what do I want to do next as well as have my house back because it was in-home childcare and it was rough. If the kids were sick, it's not like you got to leave the same place that they were sick at that day and come home or and then go back the next day. Like you were already at home. So any sickness they brought in, stuck. Um, as well as I just, I wanted a change of pace. I wanted to get out of my house every day. I wanted to do something different and I love just so that event side of things. So that's really where I started looking at what am I going to do next? What are those next steps? And I just fell in love with events. So I started doing that. Um, actually, Ben's sister, when she was getting married, I just stepped in and I was like, I want to plan your bridal shower. I want to be there for the wedding. Like, how can I help? I want to do everything I possibly can with you. And that was great to finally go on like a full adventure with someone for their entire wedding and be there every step of the way and kind of make it just a fantastic day by those small things that I did every day in those details. And she had a very beautiful bridal shower, if I do say so myself. Yeah, it's uh, it was really nice. I, well, I wasn't at the bridal shower. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I do. I, I watched Janelle plan weddings and, and do all the... I, I think I've been to maybe a couple where I've helped you out with. Yeah. Um, my staff. Yeah, and I, and I can't do it. I, I can never do what she does. Uh, it's just not in my blood. I'm not a very organized person, and when it comes to things that uh, involve pressure like that, where a lot of people are counting on you to hit certain notes at a certain time, mm-hmm. that would ju- that just gives me so much anxiety, and I would just I would just explode. So how how do you do you get anxiety from that? I get a rush. See, that's so. okay, but that's different because that's like how, like, I can't, I cannot fathom that in my own mind to see all that pressure. Like, there in a wedding day, and, and some, of you, some of you may know, there's a lot of details that go into it. Mm-hmm. I like to call it organized chaos because that is what it is. You have all these people that know that that bride needs to walk down that aisle at a certain time. And everybody's doing something else to get that to happen. So I call it organized chaos. Because at the end of the day, that bride is going to walk down that aisle. Now, what the venue looks like when she walks down the aisle, where the pastor's at when she walks down the aisle, and what the guests are doing when she walks down the aisle, 
are all dependent on me making sure that every step of the way is perfect. So that's what makes my day. I love it. I love the chaos. I work better under stressful situations. I kick into high gear and I just run with it. Yeah, and just so everybody knows, this is not a job interview, and she's oh, we're I not mean, we're yeah. not out, out if here. If you want to hire me, that's fine too. <laughs> <laughs> we're Why not, not we're not out here trying to plug Janelle in, 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 in any way. We're just you know getting an idea of what she does. But uh, you call it organized chaos. I mm-hmm. call it hell on earth because I could never do it. Well, thank you for helping with hell on earth <laughs> because he has been. Helping me with several different events, whether it's putting down folding chairs or um, directing people for parking. So just a yes man, just yeah. a yes man when it comes to that stuff. That's minion. awesome. A minion. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you mentioned something earlier about you watching kids, mm-hmm. and I personally experience obviously because I live with you. That was a huge part of our life. Mm-hmm. Um, there was kids' toys everywhere. There, the the entire house was turned into a daycare, basically. Yeah. Um, I was stepping on Cheerios. Uh, the kids were asking me questions and talking to me, and it was just a very full house. Yeah. How did you deal with that? Was that was that more stressful to do that than it is to actually do the wedding planning? Um. No, I feel like I I got bored, only because. There are long lulls in the day. So you kind of get the kids. So they come in. You start the day kind of doing more of like that playtime. You kind of let them get out that initial morning energy. And then there's kind of a calming down period where you would go over, you know, flashcards with numbers and letters and coloring and kind of that more structured time. And then you would go into nap time and nap time could last a long time depending on the kids that you had that day or how tired they were or what they had done that weekend or anything like that. And pre-nap time could be very frustrating because they were getting cranky and tired. Um, So you'd have like that lunch and the nap and then they get up from nap and then you're kind of trying to have a little bit more structured time but not too much and then they kind of have free time and play and then their parents pick them up. So... It was very much the same thing every day with potential of many breakdowns throughout the day from the kids because that's just little kids. Um, so it, it was just routine and it was it kind of got too repetitive some days, um, especially having them just in the house. So it was great because I loved them and I cared about them and I wanted them to just have the best things and when they were sick I wanted to snuggle with them and when you know they were excited about their weekend and telling me about it I was so excited to hear it so I feel like it was a great time in my life but I'm definitely okay with having moved on from that yeah and there was a there was a lot of times where and and we've talked about this too is that you were inside all day Mm-hmm. You were at the house all day, and right. I actually left the house to go to work, which, by the way, was really nice because I don't think I could stick around here in a house all day cooped up with, you know, five, six kids and then having to do structure nap times and all that. But a lot of the time, when I would get home, I'd want to kind of stay home. And mm-hmm. you would be so cooped up in the house that you oh, would yeah. want to get out. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would come up with any excuse to leave. I'd be like, you want to go out to dinner? Oh, no. Oh, no, we need groceries. Oh, okay. Well, 
so-and-so wants to do something and just anything I could think of because I was mostly sitting for a good portion of the day. I mean, we'd go outside and play for a little bit or um, go on a walk or things like that, but you're not getting a lot of adult interaction. You're saying hi and bye to parents, getting maybe two five-minute conversations in that day. And then when Ben would come home, I'd be like, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. And so-and-so did this. And I just want to do this. And we should go. And we should do and whatever. And he was just like dead. Done for the day. (laughs) Done. (laughs) Done. So that was kind of difficult. And I think that um, that did play a good role in kind of moving on as well. It was just too too much. (laughs) Not not, not only that, but it was just. There was a lot of sickness when you're around mm-hmm. with that many kids and uh, dealing with kids. I, I remember personally one time when you were ending it that I got sick for two months. And yeah. it was their, it was their, basically their goodbye present to me. <laughs> that, hey, we're leaving. Here, here, Ben, get sick for two months. But I think that was kind of when you were really also pushing me to kind of start looking for something else. Because yeah. you were like, I need my house back. Yeah. I need... To come home and not have toys everywhere. I want to be able to have people over and like not have to hide the tool bench, the little kid tool bench and the playhouse and the kitchen and like all these little toy things that were all over our house. It was annoying to have them all over the house without having kids there that were our own. So I think that that was... Kind of like you were done too. So it was a good time to kind of move on. Yeah. And uh, like for me personally, I think it was not having, it's weird because I'm not a very organized person, but I like when things are organized. You're a cleaner. I'm a cleaner. Yes. I like when things, I I think it's a mental thing Mm -hmm. where I feel more relaxed when things are nicely put together or clean. Um, Yeah. I don't have that. I mean, I like things to be clean and organized. When people are coming over, like right. if people are coming over, the house should be spotless. But like, there's some days when I rather sit on the couch and watch TV than clean the house. And you are the opposite. You will run around here like a madman. It's it's weird. Like I genuinely de-stress, and I shouldn't say feel enjoyment. I better be careful what I say because then otherwise, I'm going to be cleaning all the time. I mean, that's fine with me. I have no issues with that. You go right ahead. Right. I will buy you a mop and a broom and whatever you need. Just do it all for you. You say the word. Yeah. So, uh, how, so you kind of, these things are the, the wedding planning, doing the kids stuff that kind Mm -hmm. of gives you joy. I'm assuming. Yeah. When you did it at the time, you know, watching the kids was something that brought you joy, obviously doing event coordination and event planning gives you joy. Mm -hmm. What are some things in your life that you do that are more things that you don't want to do, but you kind of have to do? Wake up at uh, 6.30 every day. You wake up at 6.30? Give or take. Shower mornings, non-shower mornings, if shower in the evening, you know, back and forth. Right. But um, yeah, I'm supposed to get up at 6.30 every day. I will hit the snooze. Oh, I know. I hear it. Several times. I hear it. It's weird because sometimes when we're laying there, I can, it's like a phantom ring and I can hear it before it goes off. Mentally, my brain's like, yo, here it comes. You better be careful. I'm a snooze button pusher. I will stay in bed as long as I possibly can. I don't like getting up early in the morning. I never have. I would actually prefer going to work like an hour or two later 
and staying at work an hour or two longer in the evening versus getting up early and going into work. I'm the complete opposite. I have to have the loudest alarm to get me up immediately when that alarm goes off. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> if On days that Ben has to get up early, because sometimes he'll do like church worship or whatever, um, he will set his alarm blaring. Like mine is a softer alarm. Yeah. So it wakes you up a little bit more calmly. Ben's is like a friggin' air horn, and it goes off, and it scares the crap out of me. And he takes a little while to turn it off, too. It's not, like, instantly. Like, I grab my phone as quickly as possible and hit snooze, obviously. But I at least turn it off, and he will, like, let it go for, like, a solid 10 seconds before he turns it off. So it drives me nuts. But, yeah, I would like to just sleep as long as possible. So That would be the thing. That's the one thing you wish you could just do. Um, I mean, I think there's a lot of things that I do that I don't get enjoyment out of. That's right. just life. I mean, nobody... If anybody had the chance to go travel the world or go to an 8 to 5 job, they're probably going to pick let's go travel the world. Um, but... Unfortunately, we are a society run on money, and I have to have money to pay bills. So, unless I win the lottery soon, I'm going to be going to my 8 to 5 job. Um, and I will also have to let the dogs out. That's the other thing that I, I don't like doing. Letting the dogs out. Um, at night. I don't care about doing it during the day, but at night, Ben will be like playing his video games or whatever and the dog will bark and I will try to make Ben let the dog out over me because I do not like letting them out in the dark because I'm scared like a coyote's gonna get the little one or that somebody's gonna get me I guess right so I, I don't know if you mentioned this or not but we we do have two dogs yes we, we have, have Mr. Griffin our big German Shepherd and then we have little Bella who's our Scotty Schnauzer mix. I'll have to put a photo of them up on the Crushed Ice Convo Instagram so you guys can see what these cuties look like. Um, but they are good puppies. And they are. I, 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 I may be, we may be a little biased saying they're the best dogs in the world, but well, they're the best dogs that. in the world. <laughs> yeah, they're good. We like them. Yeah. Bella's not always potty trained like she's supposed to be, but... Um, she's at least little and cute and cuddly. So, so. She, she likes to cuddle. Yes, she so. does. Cool. Well, you mentioned something earlier. You like to play piano. What what started that? I mean, I can I can uh, tell you that you've kind of because you 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 sing. You yes. sing at church. You you sing um, in yes. the shower, in the car, wherever. Yes. Anywhere <laughs> uh, and so everywhere. You, so you've kind of had a musically. I don't say from an instrument standpoint. You really haven't had an instrumental background. Right. You haven't really played an instrument, but no. you've been able to sing. So what made I, you want to pick up piano? So I was always singing. We did a lot of, like when I was growing up, I was always in like choir. I was in like specialty choir groups and like show choir, like when I was really young. And then when I got into high school, I was still in a choir and I started on my church worship team and... So I've always sung, and the one thing that I always struggled with with that was that I don't understand music as well. So my timing is sometimes off, or 
my range is sometimes off because I don't know um, necessarily how the music flows properly. So that's something that I want to learn and that's where piano has been something that I've been trying to kind of grasp. Um, I don't think I'll ever be like a musical genius, but I'm hoping that I can at least learn how to play well enough that I can maybe like pick my own keys for songs and be able to follow along and learn how a song flows um, and be able to start to hear it. Like kind of really like have that um, connection with my ears, with my mouth, and then I will be able to know what's actually supposed to come next or how it's supposed to sound or flow. So that's kind of um, what I'm, I'm working towards with the piano. But. Yeah, and it's it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, it I I play guitar, so it's like, uh, and I've been playing for ten plus years. Yeah, fifteen you maybe. I you know I I lost track, but it's just something that takes a lot of time to adapt to, and then the timing thing in general, being you know being on tempo, is just something mm-hmm. that just takes a lot of time. And with me being older, I feel like it's harder. Like I I think when you're a younger kid and you're forced to learn an instrument you pick it up better so me being older I think it's going to take me more time but it'll be more rewarding because it's something I want to do now versus as a little kid if I had picked it up I would probably have dropped it because I would have been like annoyed I, I had to learn it so I totally agree with that um the I've seen Janelle try to learn instruments so take for this instance i've tried to teach you guitar before (laughs) right and i don't know if it's because uh your fingers are small and the guitar is big i have small hands you do but i also haven't learned how to stretch my fingers that and the you have to have calluses when you play guitar so you have to build calluses which hurt correct they it takes you know a month to you know a month or so to actually get good calluses on your fingers so um Going off of that, Janelle being frustrated with certain elements of music, uh, we are, we, at times we play on a worship team together at church. Mm-hmm. Um, and Janelle will lead certain songs and I will start them with a guitar um, and I'll do an intro. And uh, a lot of the time, I would say, actually, I would say about 75% of the time, I mess it up. Mm-hmm. And then that in, 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 Return makes Janelle mess up on when to actually come in. So whether he will miss some sort of cue he's supposed to give me or the better one, when he plays it in the wrong key completely and I come (laughs) in and I sound really dumb because I'm singing a completely different key than what's being played because that's how I've practiced it, it gets a little frustrating. And being husband and wife, it's easier for me to like banter with him and be like dude are you kidding me right now like especially because we probably practiced it at home yes by the way this wouldn't be anything that we just oh we're gonna go play this song right now and it was our first time practicing it we practiced we probably practiced it five or six times beforehand to make sure that the keys are right and i still somehow whenever we play Mm -hmm. it in practice in front of other people i still somehow Yep. Find a way to mess it up. <laughs> yeah, it gets a little frustrating for me. And 
I will sometimes, before we even start, be like, do you have the right key? Is your capo in the right spot? Like, are we we doing this correctly? And um, it still happens. So it's just a life lesson for me that I should just listen very, very hard to what he's playing and not sing if it's wrong. So. Right. And it's a th- just a thing. Yeah. But. And it, it's weird because that doesn't happen to anybody else. You've done it to yourself before. Yeah, you're right. I have, I have <laughs> done it to myself. The wrong key. You'll practice it, and you'll be like, oh, yeah, this is a good key. And then you'll pull the music in the wrong key, or you'll forget to capo, and then all of a sudden, you're in the wrong key, and you're singing it wrong for yourself. And that is when I laugh, because it's not me, and it's funny when it's you. Yes, so. and but I, I feel like, for me, I'm so used to... Maybe playing things in the wrong key or, mm-hmm. or starting things off in the wrong key that I've just gotten over it where it's just like, I don't care. Yeah. And I can make myself look stupid and whatever. I just don't you're, care what people think. You're real good at uh, just kind of going for it. Yeah. You've, you've had some, some fun instances, which for me, because I don't have the best self-esteem when it comes to singing because I'm just... I can't do these amazing, crazy notes or anything fun like that. Um, it would kill my self-esteem <laughs> if I had some of the moments that you have had on stage. But you somehow easily laugh them off and just keep going. And that's uh, a good quality that, for you. I think that's just my way of coping with the embarrassment. That I just laugh it off. And if, if I can laugh it, people laugh. And it doesn't make it that big of a deal. We had, um, <laughs> we had one instance... A couple, a couple years ago now, where we did a particular Christmas Eve service at church, and it just it didn't go very well. I, I'm not good with harmonies, and it just, it just was not a pretty, pretty service. And I was devastated after the service. Like I never wanted to be singing in public again because it just didn't flow well. I felt like I sounded off. I had an issue where, okay, I wasn't going to tell a story, but I had an issue where my ear felt slightly clogged like a week prior to this service. And we were supposed to go that night and have practice. So I went and got this, these eardrops that are supposed to clear out anything that you got in there. Um, so any earwax. I didn't read the box the way that I was supposed to. And so it comes with this little sucker thing. So I put the drops in and I feel them doing something in there. And then I just take the sucker thing and I'm trying to suck out the wax from my ear. Not knowing that you're supposed to fill the sucker thing with warm water and actually tilt your ear the other way and like squirt it in and it's supposed to pull everything out. And I was in severe pain because it was like swimmer's ear because I could not get this stuff about. Um, I could not get this stuff out of my ear. So I had the worst practice ever because I couldn't hear out of one of my ears. And then a week later when we actually had this performance, I still could not. I couldn't hear out of my ear. So I felt like I couldn't hear. I was off. I didn't know what was going on. And I already have a hard time with harmonizing and with catching certain things. So it was probably the most disastrous 
time ever. And I still have not lived it down, and I'm just happy that I don't think anyone can find it on the internet. You bounced back, though. I did. I did. I have gotten better with it, and I feel better about it, and I think building your self-confidence is a very important thing, and it's something that I work on in all aspects of my life. So um, for those of you that don't know, Ben and I have an issue with having kids, and so that really hurt my self-esteem for a long time. I felt like I wasn't worth it and that I there was something wrong with me basically and I've come to the the realization that whether we have kids or don't have kids or we end up adopting or we end up doing any number of things that that does not mean that I'm any less of a person or that I am not good enough and that's why I can't have kids and I think and I'm going to get a little religious here for a second, so everyone bear with me. We were, I mean, we were just talking about church, yeah, so I don't know how much well, more. <laughs> um, no, I think that a lot of times, a lot of people are like, how can you still like believe in God when he doesn't give you what you asked for? And I think that being religious and putting your faith in expecting something not knowing if that is actually going to be the outcome is probably like the scariest thing that you can do and not receiving that might seem like the worst thing that could happen but in reality it makes you stronger and knowing that that's not what my faith is based on is receiving things and so for me that's just been a long journey of understanding that at the end of the day I am still going to be religious despite not receiving what I think that I should deserve and that it's not because I'm a, a bad person that I didn't receive that. So it, it's just kind of a, a crazy story of, of us and we've been on the journey now for, I don't know, I want to say, I mean, almost our entire marriage, maybe six years of our marriage. Yeah, yeah, about six years. That we kind of realize, oh, this isn't something that can happen as easily as it can for some other people. Mm -hmm. Like some people are like fertile myrtle, just like out there. Yeah, they're not even trying to get pregnant. Nope. (laughs) Nope. I think that was the toughest part. It's, you know, that whole situation. I I still think it's it's tough. There are definitely days. There there are days where you are, you you not necessarily feel sorry for yourself, but Mm -hmm. you're like, this sucks. You feel annoyed sometimes. Like... You'll see people that are horrible people, and I really shouldn't judge people, but they're horrible people for their actions or whatever it is that they've done, and they're, they have children. And you're like, these people get kids, and I don't? Like, yeah. how is that fair? Yeah, and I think, I think the biggest, and for me personally, I and I, I think I could probably speak for you too, but I'll let you kind of voice your opinion, but I think... The hardest part was when we realized that it's not going to be as easy as it seems, if at all possible, at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but the people around us, our friends and, and whoever, were able to have kids. And when that all started happening, for me, I, I was able to easily, quote, brush it off. Yeah. But deep down, it sucked. Yeah. And I, 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 you know, a lot of the times I put on a face where it was like, oh, I'm happy for you. And genuinely, 
I was happy for him. Yeah. But there was a part of me that was jealous, upset, sad. Mm-hmm. And I think that that could kind of correlate to you, but I feel like you expressed it more, uh, you were a little more, I don't want to say animated, but more vocal about it. Yeah, and that's just part of my personality. Mm-hmm. I think that anything that I'm going through, I don't, I don't like to hide it. And I think that there's always ways to not hide it with tact, and sometimes I don't do that. But um, being tactful with not hiding your emotions, but ensuring that people understand that you are hurting or you are you are feeling something, because I don't want to internalize and then end up feeling. I don't know, like depressed or kind of in my own head because I think that that's where depression can go. And I I don't want anyone to not understand that I'm struggling because I don't want to ever go alone. So I think that that is something that I was purposely vocal about. But at the same time, I think I've come to a place where I don't need to be as vocal about it anymore. Um, when it first started happening, it was really frustrating that there were these couples that were literally married for like two months and would a few months later say that they're pregnant and they had clearly like just gotten pregnant right after they got married. And I'm like, what the heck? Like how how is it that Uh, We have been married for two years or three years or whatever it had been and nothing, not even any like miscarriages or anything like that. We had nothing. And then these people were just getting pregnant and are now on multiple kids and we still have no kids. So it's, it's kind of, um, it's frustrating on some days and some levels And then on other days, I also look at what we are able to do because we don't have kids. And sometimes I'm like, okay, this was something that we wouldn't be able to do. Like go away for, um, like we help out with our youth group. So we wouldn't be able to go away on every single weekend trip that we do or our week-long camp sessions or anything like that because we have kids. One of us would have to stay behind. Or we would have to get a sitter or whatever it would be. And we have the freedom to wake up in the morning whenever we kind of choose to on Saturdays. Yeah, And it's we have the freedom to go do whatever we want and stay out as late as we want. And a lot of people with kids don't have that. So there are perks. I'm not saying that I wouldn't prefer to have children. But at least I know, well, there's some things that I'm doing that other people aren't doing right now. And I think that that's just a nice coping mechanism for me. Yeah, and I think that kind of goes with anything in life. You know, you're single. There's a lot. There's certain things you can do when you're single that you can't mm-hmm. do when you're married. There's certain things Clearly. you do when you're married. <laughs> right. When you're married that yeah. you can't do when you're single. And it just goes, you know, with kids too. There's certain things without having kids that you can do mm-hmm. compared to having kids. Um, I think... And, and, and I don't think it comes across this way, but I think a lot of the times people who have kids hear about the frustrations of people who can't have kids. One, I don't think they can relate to that. No. Because they don't understand it because they have kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but two, I think a lot of the times those people think that you're attacking them as a person mm-hmm. where 
in the long run, you're just frustrated about the situation, your current situation. Right. You know, I think sometimes people can see it as, wow, oh, Janelle is, you know, Janelle's pissed off at me because I have kids. No, Janelle is just mad that, or upset that she can't have kids. Yeah, and I think that that's why I, um, I posted a couple times on social media about it. Because I felt like if I don't post about it to explain people where I'm coming from, that when I don't go to their baby showers or I don't go to first birthday parties or I don't want to hang out with them all the time when they're pregnant, it's because it brings up stuff for me. And they can't relate. And I think that they get annoyed sometimes. They think that I'm being overdramatic or that I am... Um, just a hateful person or whatever it is and I've gotten to the point where I'm okay with that I don't I don't really care because I want to make sure that I'm being healthy with what I'm doing and that includes not being begrudging or angry but also knowing my boundaries so that I don't fall into that so that I'm not going to a depressed place or to an angry place and it's taken time. I definitely feel like I have, I have, what's the word I want to use? I've had to learn a lot to get there and I've had to deal with it on some level or another. And I think that a lot of that has been just even research and, and joining um, Facebook groups or um finding little sayings on Pinterest or whatever it is that just kind of help you get through. And I think some people think that it's silly or weird, but if it's something that keeps you from feeling depressed and going to a really negative and nasty place, then I think that it's worth that extra step to just look up a a nice saying or um, to find something else to focus on in life. Yeah, I totally agree. And and something I appreciate about you is that you're vocal about it. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I, you know, I don't know if, it, if this day and age, I don't know if it's so much of a taboo subject, um, but it's definitely something that people aren't super vocal about mm-hmm. uh, as far as infertility goes. Um, so I think it's good one to make it aware that you know this isn't something you're struggling with for people who aren't struggling with it. Right. Um, so they have a better understanding, but two, there's a lot of other people struggling with this. Right. I've actually, um, by posting, I've met and talked with people, some friends, some people from, um, my past, some people that really didn't know me, but felt like they could then connect and send me a Facebook message or, um, just say something nice. And it's been kind of neat to get to know other people because of it. And even if, you know, I'm not going to become best friends with everybody just because we're both on the fertility struggle bus, but it is nice to know that there are other people out there that are dealing with something that is the same as me and are needing to know that there is somebody out there as well. So it's it's kind of a cool, like, symbiotic relationship where we're giving each other something even by just one Facebook post and one Facebook message. So, I don't know. It's a it's a neat thing and I don't wish it upon anybody, but I'm 
I feel good with where I'm at with it. And I know that, you know, in the next few, few years, that's going to be something that we're going to look at probably a lot harder because we are going to be, you know, approaching 30 and trying to create that family that we want. Yeah. So it'll be a, a new experience for us with whatever we decide to do. But right now I'm content knowing that that's what our goal is long-term one way or another. And that's something that we'll figure out together. So yeah, I, that's awesome. And I kind of going off of that, I think that a lot of the times, you know, kind of like you said, you're vocal about it. I think a lot of the times people like to bottle those things up, whether it's infertility or depression or mm-hmm. they're going through something right now mm-hmm. um, and they don't understand why they're going through it. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of the time you need to kind of look at it from the aspect of I'm going through this. It sucks. Mm-hmm. But in the end, I've gone through it. You're going to make it out. But I've gone through it and I can use this situation to help another person. Yeah, absolutely. And like, relate to that person. If I would if I would get pregnant tomorrow and have a kid and be healthy and and all the wonderful things that would come out of that, I would still be thinking about certain things with those individuals that I know about how many times do I need to post a baby photo? Do I need to rub it in someone's face with 500 belly pictures on social media that I've got a baby? No. Do I want people to be happy for me and know that I am? Yeah, absolutely. But knowing those boundaries with that and also just letting people know that even if that happened for me tomorrow, hey, I I still understand what you have been struggling with and I'm still here for you. And I... I feel very strongly about just, like I said before, being very vocal about anything that's going on in your life that you need to have relationship with other individuals for and that you need to have um, the ability to express what's going on in your life, no matter what situation you're going, going through, especially with the rate and just the craziness that is going on with depression and suicide just in our culture right now. It's so important to be speaking out about whatever it is. Even if people think that you're crazy or that you're just that weirdo or whatever it is, there's going to be someone that relates to you and someone that can be there for you. So speaking out is not the worst thing that you can do about whatever whatever you're going through. And even if you don't post on social media, still speaking with other people about what you're going through, it can save your life if especially if you're thinking about anything depression or suicide related and it can also affect others around you knowing that they're not alone yeah you tell your story yeah you know sometimes Mm -hmm. story parts of story suck but you you gotta tell it and yeah and hopefully reach out to other people so all right last question uh and and we'll wrap it up uh we'll go a little more (laughs) lighthearted. got deep real yeah i know right uh if you could go anywhere in the world right now, where would you go? Ooh. I think I might know the answer to this, but I'll let you. Where do you think I'd go? I'm gonna I'm gonna go London. Absolutely. Yes. I love watching documentaries and old castles and just anything that's going on in England and um, especially London and oh, yes, that is exactly where I'd be. I think that I bore Ben to death sometimes with my love of all things United Kingdom. But I also just did 23 in me. This is not a pitch. This is not an ad because I don't have sponsorships. And you're not getting paid. And I'm not getting paid. <laughs> um, 
But I just did 23andMe and found out I have three, like, fourth or fifth cousins that are over in the UK. So I'm going to try to be really good friends with them. So they'll let me come and stay and get to experience all the wonderful things of London because it is expensive to go there. But yes. one day I plan on going there and I'm very excited about it. Um, one other thing I I have to just step in here as host. So just move aside, Ben. Hey, you're, you're, um, the, you're the pro. In the last podcast, I mentioned something about the Jonas Brothers. And let me tell you, I was extremely ecstatic this week when I found out they are officially getting back together and I've decided I am psychic and um, ask me anything because they're back. Yeah, it was crazy. Like we did that podcast and Uh we finished it up and then I just went on Twitter and I go to the news section and the first thing up there says it was basically, it is rumored that the Jonas Brothers might be getting back together and I literally showed you, I'm like, Jenna, we just talked about this. Yep. And then a few days later or a week later, it was, like, official. And I'm like, well, that's just crazy. So is there anything you would like to say right now that potentially could be forthcoming? Okay. They're going to go on a very large tour, calling it now, world tour, not just the U.S., and I'm going to go to that concert. I don't care how much it costs. I don't care where it is. I will fly somewhere. I will swim somewhere. I will boat somewhere. I will do whatever it takes, and I will be there. And I'm very thrilled and excited. Thank you, Jonas Brothers, for being Jonas Brothers. So if anybody if anybody wants to uh, fund Janelle's Jonas, fund me. Janelle's Jonas Brothers concert ticket, I personally would appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I know you would. <laughs> I would personally appreciate uh, that. My bank so. account will not appreciate it, but I will, and it'll be worth every penny. So I, that is how I felt like we needed to end this podcast. I agree. I agree. Well, thank um, you so much for letting me uh, host. Thank you. Like I said, guys, I hope I hope you enjoyed it, but um, Janelle is, is the uh, wedding planning, event planning extraordinaire and uh, the podcast queen. So, Ooh, um, I think that you guys will also hear that in another podcast that will be coming up shortly with another queen? friend. Yes, I. It is rumored that in the next podcast you will hear someone say that exact phrase. No way. Yep. Am I starting to predict things too? I think so. I oh. think so. Well, by the next <laughs> podcast I post, I will have a million dollars in my bank account. Oh, I yeah, ditto. You so were talking about million. the Jonas Brothers. Um, million dollars. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. Feel free to go over to um, the Instagram, Crushed Ice Convo, and follow, like, leave a comment. I'd love to hear from you guys and more of what you want, more of what you think. And I'm just happy that you are here and listening to the Crushed Ice Convo. So, Ben, thank you for being our... Um, fill-in host since the host was preoccupied with an interview (laughs) and uh, we look forward to uh, talking with you guys soon